At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Hello, hello everybody out there. Hello, 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 and welcome to your Saltwater Guide, the podcast. I want to thank y'all for joining us today. We got a we got a pretty fun show on Wednesdays. Is text the show Wednesday. So if you have any burning questions that you need to get answered, you go ahead and text right in. And uh, everybody watching on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and uh, Facebook, thank you all for watching. And everybody else on Megaphone and Apple and Podcast and Pandora and all the other podcasts. Thank you very much for listening. I just can't even get over how many people pay attention to us. It's amazing. And I want to thank everybody very, very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we got a pretty fun show today. And we got our kitty is inside Marley's cage today. So Finn's in the cage checking stuff out. I don't know why he wanted to be in there. And Marley's up on the top of the cage. So we got crazy stuff going on here at the house today. Right, Finn? Crazy, crazy stuff. And Marley's up on the top. But everybody that's watching, you can see we got a cat inside the monkey's cage. It's a crazy day here. Crazy day at your saltwater guide, the zoo. <laughs> your saltwater guide, the house. Today is Akuma Wednesday. We always talk about an Akuma or a fish lab product on Wednesday. And I got a good reel to show you later on in the show today about a reel that's really, really handy when it comes to casting. And you'll enjoy it a lot. You will see how good it works, and everything will go good. There's Kelly girl kind of lurking. She's on the show tomorrow, so we won't be seeing her on the show today. But if you have a question and you need it answered, you go ahead and feel free to text it right to us. And we're live here on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Go ahead, Ben. Get out. Ben wants out. And there he goes. I'm sorry, gang. But hey... We're talking about uh, rockfish, but we're, we're just talking about everything today. We're just kind of talking about whatever you text in your questions, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to learn about. We're doing it all here, gang. We try to take care of everybody and make sure that we answer everyone's questions. So if you have a burning desire to send in a question, the number is 949 374 0786. I'll do my very best to answer the question. And then when we're all done with the questions and at the end of the show today, we're going to give away a Your Saltwater Guide t-shirt. We try to give one away every week when we do this question, but you can't win if you don't send in a question. So if you have a question, feel free to send it in and we'll get going here in just a couple seconds, letting a few more people jump on here. It's a big Big show, usually on Wednesdays, we get quite a few people, quite a few views, quite a, quite a big interaction. But thank you, everybody, for all the likes and all, oh my gosh, yesterday, I put up that QR code. If you're looking on YouTube or on Facebook, you see that QR code in the top right-hand corner? That goes directly to our Venmo account. If you can't figure out how to leave the stars, you can't figure out how to leave the tips, can't figure out how to leave the 
the gifts. Just go to the QR code right there. That'll take you straight to our Venmo account and you can Venmo Kelly Girl and I a little bit of money and that'll help feed all of our rescue animals like Marley that's running around above my head there, my rescue monkey. Actually, it's Kelly's monkey now. She just loves Marley to death. But we have a couple of rescue cats. We started the show off with one of our cats in Marley's cage. They, they all get along good. Everybody's here. And every little bit of money that you guys donate to us for this great show that we do every day, we appreciate it. A lot of people drop stars across Facebook. A lot of people over on, on TikTok give me those diamonds. But a lot of people don't know how to do any of that. So we're trying to make it as easy as we can. Go to my Venmo account at your saltwater guide or go to that QR code in the top right corner and just go ahead and throw us a few tips if you can. And if you don't, that's okay. The number is 949-374-0786. If you have a question, you want to text it into us, feel free to do so. That's the only way you can get in the rotation for a possibility to win the free t-shirt today. We'll bring Kelly girl in for the lap. Now we won't. I promise her Thursday. You all see she... She's ready on Thursdays. We're not going to drag her in today. I promised her she won't have to do it. So I will pick one lucky winner. Send in your questions. Oh, John Stanley, thank you for sending those flags off to Justin. And Dave Burris. Dave, your flag's in the mail. Gang, if you haven't seen our flags yet, we got flags. Thanks to John Stanley and myself, we put John put together these flags. He's got the, the vendor, the flag vendor made us these flags and they're ready to go. And I think it'd be awesome if you guys all had one of these flying off of your, uh, off of one of your antennas or your outriggers, or if you have a flag holder on your boat, having one of these flags that will help identify the members of the website. Most people already know you're a member when they see that you're catching fish. That's a telltale sign that you're a member of the website. But just to help a little bit, the members that, that are out there on the water, help you each identify each other, we're going to fly these flags from our boats. And it's going to help out tremendously because you're going to understand, hey, that's a member of your saltwater guide. We can over, go approach them. You can approach any boat you want, gang, if you know how. Anytime they're fishing, there's a, there's a way to approach each other and Members of the website know how to approach each other, know the proper etiquette, know what it takes. But I want you all to see that flag. And if you'd like to get one of those flags, just go ahead and leave me a message. Venmo me 30 bucks. They cost me $28, $28.50 to make. I'm selling them for 30 bucks. I don't want to make money off you, but I sure the heck don't want to lose money either. But I think it'd be cool if you were flying those flags and everybody that's Want one, just text me, 949-374-0786. I'll make it easy for you guys to get that money to us. And uh, we're going to get going here. We got a question already coming in. So that's great. We already got a question. Gang, don't be shy. I will answer your questions. And if I don't know the answer, I'll make up an answer that sounds so intelligent. It'll blow your mind. You'll just go, wow, this guy pretty much knows everything. Okay, the question, first question is which Channel Island do you like the best for fishing halibut and what is your biggest halibut caught? All right. My biggest halibut caught was caught in Laguna Beach, California. And 
It was 31 pounds and I snagged it in the middle of his back on a red scampi when I was uh, 18 years old working on the real fun as a deckhand. That's the biggest halibut I ever caught. And then as far as the Channel Islands go, well, that's a real easy one. I leave that up to our guide up there, Sonny, who pretty much is the master up there at the Channel Islands. And if you go and you read all our reports and all our, uh, all our testimonials on the website at yoursaltwaterguide.com and look at the community, you're going to see Sonny's been changing people's lives for the last two months up at the Channel Islands. And he's got, he always has a really, really good report or excuse me, game plan for everybody on Thursdays. And I think last week he was talking about over at Santa or excuse me, over at Santa Rosa fishing that backside of the Island and Belcher's beach. And then anywhere that he could find some sand, he said it was very, very good. Me personally, I've only spent a very, very small amount of time fishing the channel islands. I have got to fish there quite a few quite a few times, but not only a couple times as a captain. And uh, so for, for me to give you information up there, I have to gather it from somebody. So Sonny would be the best person to answer that question. And uh, you can ask him that question on our website. But what he has told us the last couple of weeks is every sandy beach when you're looking on the beach and you see that sand, if you can get in 40 to 50 feet of water right now, those halibut are stacked up. They were stacked up in the shallows in the beginning of the season. And now they've moved off the beach a little bit. 40 to 50 feet of water seems to be downtown zone. And I would think the same thing's going to be at Santa Cruz. There's not a lot of sand at Anacapa that are, you can fish. So I would definitely start at Santa Cruz. If I had the opportunity, I'd get out there and I'd look around and I'd see what I find out there. And then I'd go from there and start to put together a pretty decent game plan. But also remember, if you're a member of our website, yoursaltwaterguide.com, you can call Sonny. Sonny's phone number is plastered all over the website. You can call Sonny. He's going to answer you. He's going to give you a really good idea where you should be fishing at and how you should be approaching those halibut up at the Channel Islands. I don't know anybody else's website where you can actually talk to us, talk to the guide. You can call Justin. You can call me. You can call Sonny. That's one of the really bitching parts about our website, yoursaltwaterguide.com, gang, plus the community that we've built. And now starting next week, across all social media, we're going to start putting out the pictures of the members and how successful they are so that more people can understand what a bitching community we've built and how everybody in the community is caring and giving and wants you all to be successful when you go out fishing on your private boat. So it's going to be, those of you that haven't entered into the website yet, I can't even imagine why. What are you doing? Why aren't you a member? I don't care if you've been fishing your whole life or you just started last week. This website has something for everybody. The community alone is worth the $9.99 a month just to be part of the bitchiness community ever made for fishermen. You can get on there and share what you're doing on the water and you, you have total protection and no one is beating you up or going, oh, I can't believe you're sharing that. We share that information because we want everybody to be successful. Then take it a step further. How wonderful will it be when you're out there wailing on those fish and you got this hanging from your uh, outrigger or from one of your antennas and everyone's like, oh, 
Oh, you're saltwater guide. Look at you. You're catching fish. How bitching is that? I think it's going to be incredible, gang. I think the community we're building is going to absolutely help everybody. It's a super good community. We have over 4,000 members that are willing to share what they're doing out on the water. We get three or four good reports every day, and they're, they're climbing all the time, and it's going to be better and better all the time. All right, John Stanley. Is fish poisoning a real thing from getting stuck by fish? Oh, absolutely. I've had it so bad that I, they, I've had it in my leg really bad. I've had it in my hand really bad. I've had it on my arm really bad. And it's a, uh, it's a, it's an infection. I, I got staph. It's a staph infection caused by the fish slime and not keeping your wound clean. It happens to a lot of deckhands. It happens to a lot of captains. When you're in the heat of the action, you're fishing all the time, especially when the water's warm and you're fishing all the time and you have a couple of open wounds because man, if you're a fisherman, and you're fishing a lot, you have cuts and scrapes all over you. Well, if you don't keep those clean, if you don't keep them clean all the time, that's once that staff's in your body, it's there forever. And it doesn't take much to get that going again. That's why when I, and Kelly Girl will tell you at all the shows that we go to and everywhere, I have a one gallon bleach bottle in the shower. I know it's crazy, but any cuts, any scrapes on me, I scrub them. I have a really hard scrub brush and I scrub them with bleach because I had a, I had staffs or a fish poisoning so bad in this hand from filleting fish and not keeping it clean that it had eaten all the skin away on this knuckle and it had gone all the way up into my arm that you couldn't even touch under my arm because the lymph node was so swollen. And at one time the doctor wanted to cut my arm off. Same thing happened again to me on my knee and uh, they wanted to cut my leg off. The sep the, the uh, staff had gotten so bad and, it, bad and it eats away at your flesh. So yes, fish poisoning is an absolute real thing. Staff, and it has different levels of the staff that fish poisoning does, but it's an absolute real thing. And you got to be very, very careful and you got to keep your wounds very, very clean. Hey, Captain Dave, this is Rick from Orange. Do you and Kelly go scuba diving in Cabo? If so, what is your favorite location? We do not. We go snorkeling. We love to go snorkeling. We love to go snorkeling over on the East Cape. We love to go snorkeling at Cabo Pumo. Cabo Pumo is like uh, the Great Barrier Reef of Mexico. It is an unbelievable place where you can see unbelievable fish. There's a little bit of live coral still there. The fish are incredible. It's a full-on reserve. No one's allowed to fish in there. If you haven't heard of it or seen it, you might want to look it up. Anybody that's watching the show, type in Cabo Pumo and go look at that. It is probably one of the most beautiful places that are accessible. You don't have to fly on a plane for 18 or 20 hours. It's right here in Baja. It's easy access. We can leave our house here in the morning, say seven o'clock, and we can be snorkeling in there at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. No problem. It's a beautiful place. It's an absolute gorgeous place. You got to always get a guide when you go in there. It's all regulated, very heavily regulated, but every piece of regulation is absolutely worth it because it is so spectacular. It is absolutely the most unbelievable thing. You're going to be swimming with big groupers, big Jack Cravalli, 
just everything there is big. Lobsters are big. Everything. It's just a full reserve and no one's allowed to, to do any type of harvesting in there. It's a pretty spectacular place. So um, thanks, Rick. Thanks for asking that question. And yeah, if we're going to get wet, that's where we're going. All righty. Dave, what is the proper way to match the hook size with the live bait? No bigger than the head? Thanks, Brian. What I like to do, Brian, is I like to take a look at that hook and look at that bait. And if it looks like that hook is so big that it's going to actually weigh the bait down, then I know I need a smaller hook. You, the bait has to be able to swim the hook. I don't care if you're putting a weight on or if you're fly lining. You got to think. That, fit, that bait fish has to be able to swim the hook around. If he can't swim the hook around, it's not going to get a bite. And if that hook is so big that it's protruding off the nose of your bait or off the side or off his back, so big that it actually affects the way he swims, then the hook's too big. Now, too small a hook? Not so much because we used to catch bluefin on number eight. Not eight odd, number eight hooks. So as far as too small, I don't think that's that important. Too big, humongously important. And it's all about, I don't really think matching the size of the head. Maybe that's a good way to look at it. I've never thought of that. I just look at it as the bait. Can he swim this hook? When I put a four-aught thin wire mustache hook inside of an anchovy, that's going to weigh that poor little anchovy down. But if I put a number four hook on the anchovy, He'll swim that all day long. That's how I go about it, Brian. That's the way I look into it. That's what I think. But thanks for the question. Okay, Dave. Caesar, is there spots on the app close enough to get with a kayak out of Newport to target either halibut, bass, or rockfish? Yes. Oh, my gosh. There are so many spots out of Newport for your kayak. But if you just threw it, threw it on your car roof rack or something and paddled down and uh, drove down to Dana Point, it's even better, closer, that pipe right in front of the harbor. It's easy to get on and get off. Newport's great. Don't get me wrong. Newport's great, but so much boat traffic. So much boat traffic, and they have zero regard for kayakers, Caesar. So it's terrifying there. But Caesar, send me your email address, and when we when I get off the phone, I'll open up the website for you, give you a free look. You can go look. You can go make your own decision and see if it's worth it. But, yeah, we have spots everywhere. We have spots all over the Channel Islands, down to the Mexican border, and in San Clemente Island, Catalina. We cover everywhere that you can actually go fishing at. We got it all covered. And, yeah, there's plenty of spots in Newport for kayak fishing real close. But the problem in Newport is all the boats. There's just so many boats up there. It's kind of scary being out on a kayak because they're not looking for you. And they they are going to cause nothing but havoc. What is, John Rowe, how are you? How's the fam? Everybody doing good? Thanks for always watching. Thanks for being a big supporter of your saltwater guy. John Rowe's question is, what's the best knot for tying that 150, 200-pound line to the Mad Max? Well, if you watch, Justin Botrell likes to tie that improved cinch knot. He likes to tie that. I pro personally would probably, probably, when I get up to that 150 to 200 pound line, I'm probably going to use a uh, a crimp 
I'll probably have to crimp it. And the reason being is that I have a hard time getting that giant knot to slide down to the Mad Mac. So I put a crimp on there, a couple little crimps right down by the nose of the Mad Mac. And uh, I don't really think 200 pound, maybe it would work. But I think 150 is going to be plenty big enough. And Justin ties that 150, no problem. He ties it and it looks really good and it's a clean knot and it gets bit good. I think you go back and you watch that knot video on the website and see how Justin ties that improved cinch knot to the Mad Mac. We call it a suicide tie because you're tying it straight to your Mad Mac without any um, without any swivels or anything. And if you get bit by a real toothy one, they got a tendency to bite it right off. But if you're fishing that heavy drag like Justin likes to do and I like to do, and you're cranking that fish in really, really quick using the rod holder, John, and you don't stand there and try to fight it, it's not going to have a tendency to rub those teeth back and forth across that leader. Because when they eat that Mad Mac, a lot of times they inhale it. And the, the teeth are cut scraping on that line full speed. That's why we like to fish them in the rod holder with a lot of drag, 40 pounds of drag, and grind them in. We don't like to let them get their head down and start shaking that head and getting into that death circle where it's constantly rubbing the teeth on your line like a saw. So that's something to, to look into, but 150 should be plenty. You can try to tie that improved cinch knot, or you can get some crimps and just crimp it. Nice and close and clean. All right. Jason, member of my website, just like a lot of the people asking questions. Hey, Captain Dave, should I bring Grunion to the Coronado Islands this weekend? How should I fish with them? Yeah. What I like to do with that Grunion, if you're going to go to the Coronado Islands and fish that calico, they love them. They love them in the, in the boiler rocks and in the turbulence right up on the beach there because yeah, Grunion run at the Coronado Islands. Grunion come up on those sandy beaches at the Coronado Islands. So yeah, those fish are used to eating the Grunion. I like to use a very, very small sliding sinker, like an eighth of an ounce. Quarter ounce is almost too big. Half ounce, forget about it. Quarter, eighth of an ounce. Cast that bait in there. Why am I, the only reason I'm even putting a little tiny bit of weight on there is because if I don't, it's going to spend too much time on the surface as it slowly sinks and the seagulls are picking it off. Especially at the Coronado Islands, there's so many seagulls there. So I'm going to put on a very small sliding sinker, just enough to get me down, but not real fast. I still want my bait to sink slowly down in the turbulence, in the white water, and around those boiler rocks. I want it to sink slowly down there. So the fish have an opportunity to see it while it's sinking and have a better chance to eat that bait. If you put on too much of a weight, what's going to happen is that bait's going to fly down to the bottom so fast that the fish aren't going to have an opportunity to see it. You're probably going to get a lot of bites, Jason, if your bait's laying on the bottom, but they're going to be shovel nose sharks, leopard sharks, maybe a halibut, but I've had way more luck fishing halibut with the lighter line. I mean, with the lighter weight and letting the bait roll around in the surf naturally back and forth. Because when those grunion come into spawn, you got to think about this gang. When the grunion come into spawn, 90% of them die after the spawn because of the uh, stress that they're under. Going up there in the sand, getting high and dry, 
the female buries herself in the sand, then the male wraps his body around and, and shoots his milk on the eggs that she's laying in the sand. And then hopefully the next wave washes them back out to sea. But it doesn't happen that time. A lot of times they get stuck up there. And that's why the fish are focused on them because they're picking them off. And that's why they work so good dead because the fish are just laying there waiting for them to wash back out. And it doesn't matter winter, spring, summer, or fall. If you're using grunion, the fish are going to bite. It's going to be fun. You're going to have a good time. And uh, yeah, that's how I would fish it. Light line. But yeah, just bring a hand, bring, bring a bag, bring 25 of them and go see how they work out there. But they're going to work in the shallows. That's where you're going to have all your success with them. They work up in the shallows, big calicos, big sand bass, big white sea bass, yellowtail. They're all cruising along. I don't care what your sister's brother's cousin aunt told you. I've seen 60 pound sea bass in two feet of water. I've seen 30 pound yellowtail in two feet of water. So yeah, they're cruising along in those along those beaches looking for that dead grunion, and you're gonna you're gonna have a blast. You're gonna it's gonna be a life changing event once you start to figure out how good that bait is. All right, gang. Okay, Captain Dave, Rick again. There is an island off Ensenada called Isle Todos Santos. Yep, I have never heard anyone talk about this island for fishing. Do you know anything about it? Yes. Flies, like you can't even, the flies, the, it's the most unbelievable thing you've ever seen because it's a rookery for the elephant seal. So the flies there are unbelievable. If the wind's not blowing, your boat will be covered. You will be covered. It's almost impossible to fish. But yeah, there's fish there. There's good calico bass fishing up on the west end of the Toto Santos. You get up there and... uh 25, 30 fathoms of water. There's a big ridge coming off the northwest or the west end of the island. We call it west. You guys would call it the north end of the island, but there's a big ridge there, a lot of yellowtail. And then just inside of that, there's a big reef that comes up to like three feet to a foot and a half, depending on the tide. That reef, we used to just wail on the white sea bass. But that that island at, at uh, Todos Santos is... Uh, Fun place to fish if you fish the right areas, but it's an obnoxious place to fish if you don't understand where the areas that look really, really good to fish and that, that the ocean's flat calm on the inside of the island. The flies are mind-boggling. And you, well, you'll get to see the elephant seals, which are pretty bitching. And I've been there a bunch of times and I've showed a lot of people those elephant seals. And that's probably, besides, because we're in Southern California, we don't have that elephant seal rookery like they have up there in central california northern california so for us uh southern california people seeing elephant seals is pretty interesting but man because of that elephant seal the kelp we call them kelp flies they're a smaller kind of brand of flies they are so thick there it's incredible and Something we learned about these kelp flies, we have them at San Clemente Island, you have them at the Channel Islands, you have them at Santa Barbara big time because of the sea lions out there. But these things don't die. So you'll smack them with the fly swatter. And if you don't grind them up, they'll come back to life. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen, gang. I've seen it so many times. It's incredible. You have to really smush them. You got to really, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm being graphic and gross and I understand that, but you got to, smush them. You got to get rid of them. You got to take care of them. 
And gang, all this stuff we're talking about and, and casting your grunion in towards the beach and all that stuff, gang, you got to learn how to cast. It's going to change what you catch. And I know West Coast, a lot of people are not into spinning rods and reels because they see all the captains and the deckhands and everybody fishing with conventional reels. And uh, they all just want to fish with the conventional reel, but it takes time and energy to learn how to cast it. One of the easiest conventional reels to learn how to cast is these Komodos by Akuma. This reel is so bitchin'. It's got the level wind. It's light. I like the big power handle. I fish this a lot down here in the surf. While everybody else is fishing with the spinning rod, I like to fish this on my nine-foot jig stick in the surf. But they make three different sizes of these Komodos. It's super light reel. It's a bitchin' little reel made by Akuma. Check these things out. Go and check out Komodo reels by Akuma. These things are very, very, very forgiving as far as casting. And then the level wind makes it very, very easy for you to get the line back on nice and straight, ready for your next cast. As you start to learn how to cast, you can move into the other types of uh, reels like the, the Andros and the uh, Cortez and uh, the Makaira series reels and all that. But you got to learn how to cast the conventional before you move up to those. That's why this Komodo is such a bitch and little level wine reel. It's uh, made for learning how to cast. It's also a very sturdy reel. And you can catch little yellowfin on this, big white sea bass, yellowtail. I catch everything on this. And I use it a lot for rockfish fishing. If you can see, I have it spooled all the way up to the top with braided line. There isn't any room on this. It's filled to the rim with braid because I want to make sure I have as much line as I possibly can have. And then I'll put a little piece of floral carbon on the end of this with my hook or my lure or whatever I'm going to fish with. But this low profile Komodo reel is absolutely phenomenal for the beginners learning how to cast. It's phenomenal for me fishing in the surf because I love these little reels. They're super durable. They stand up to everything. And I have the bigger ones that I also use when I'm jig fishing because it's so easy when you're jig fishing for guiding that line back and forth. And you know how excited you get when you're fishing and, and the fish are boiling around and, and you just kind of lump that braided line up in a little ball in the middle. Then the next cast, whoo, giant backlash. That's why these little Komodos work so bitching for fishing the jigs. Also, they're fun little bait reels too, but these are really set up to fish the plastics and fish all the different crankbaits that Fish Lab makes. So check out the Komodo Series Reel by Akuma at your local tackle store, gang. You will not be disappointed. These things stand up like you can't even believe they're a phenomenal reel. You'll have a really good time with it. It's low profile. Make sure you get the big hand. They make two different types of handles. You want the big handle. You want the big cranking handle. It's going to change everything. Just tell them, hey, I want that big hand. All we got are the small. Well, order me one with the big handle. It makes all the difference in the world. Those little paddle handles, my hands are too big. I just can't do it. Those little paddle handles. But this big power handle, I'm in all day, every day. I'm, I'm loving this. Great design. John Bretza helped design this reel. He's the president of product development at Akuma. He's going to be on the show. On the 28th, you're going to get to hear about all the bitchin' products at Akuma and find out how he came up with the ideas and all the input from all the, the 
staff pros at Akuma have all come up with ideas to help him, Todd Manser and a lot of the other really good fishermen. And then me, I just, I just love the product. I don't have much to say about development of anything because I, you know me, I don't really know what I'm talking about, but I love the product. I use the product all the time. It works. It stands up to me. And I only fish like 200 days a year or something. So I don't fish as much as you do, but I'm learning. All right. So back to what we were talking about, gang, you can send in your questions. Kind of the questions just kind of shut off. I guess you gave up on chance to win a free t-shirt. If you have a burning desire, you have a burning question you want to send in to me, go ahead and feel free to send it in. Remember, Kelly Girl's going to join us tomorrow, gang. So make sure you grab your girlfriends and your wives and your sisters and, and uh, your moms and watch Little Kelly Girl will be on the show tomorrow with us talking about how much fun she has fishing. You can ask Kelly Girl a question if you want. You can ask her about how how she get to be so cool or... Uh, how did she end up with such a bitching husband like me? You can ask her any question you want, gang. We'll be able to take everyone's questions. We want to talk real quick about why we wait for a few more questions to come in, which because we don't have any right now, which is mind-boggling. I've never seen this before. I don't know what you're afraid of. Send in your question. Oh, hold on. Yeah, Caesar. Perfect. Thank you very much for your email address. I'm going to send you a free look at the website. Gang, that's something else. If you're like, you're still kind of standing on the edge and you're like, I don't, I don't know, man. I know he's got 4,000 plus members. I know he's, he puts out three brand new videos every single day. I know he gets millions of views a month, but I don't know if I want to get involved in that website. $9 is a lot of money, man. I don't know. Text me your email right now. I'll give you a free, free, free look. It won't cost you a penny. You can go in there and look at it and see if it's what you want. See if there's anything to it. See if, hey, I heard this Dave Hansen guy is a ripoff. I want to see his website. Come on in. Take a look. You sport boat captains that are out there driving around right now watching me. I see all of you. I know you guys are watching me. Send it in. I'll give everybody a free look. I'm not afraid of anybody. Go look. See what I'm doing. First thing I teach all my guys, all my members, is don't go anywhere near the sport boats. We're not fishing for boats. We're not out on the water looking for sport boats. We don't want to be anywhere near the sport boats when we're out fishing. So that goes against everything you're trying to tell your friends. Captain Dave talks about it on Let's Talk Hookup every Sunday morning. He talks about it in his live seminars every day, Monday through Friday. We talk about not fishing for boats. We talk about if we see some sport boats somewhere, we don't go anywhere near them. That's not our deal. I don't send anybody over to fish by your boat. Why would we want to? I know you're the really good captain because you drive a sport boat, but we don't want to fish near you. We didn't buy our boat. We didn't spend all our money on our boat to go fish by you. The guys that are fishing by you are not members of my website. I promise you that right now. So send me your email. I'll give you a free look. And you can see all that what you're telling everybody isn't happening. Okay. All right. Christian, I will send you guys. You can get your flag from Justin. He's going to have them there in Long Beach. He can get them to you. We'll get you guys a flag. No problem, Christian. I promise you. Christian, it, you're going to get a flag for absolutely sure. Are you kidding me? All right, John. What anchor would you suggest for a 21-foot boat using 22 feet of chain? I'd have a 20-pound anchor. 
and it would be the plow type, not that aluminum one. Think about this, gang. They make those aluminum anchors. Aluminum has air in it. So you're going to drop an anchor that has a tendency to want to float and hope that it holds your boat. You want an anchor that looks like a plow. Delta is the company I would go with if you can find that. You can find them used all over the internet. You can also find them down at Minis in Newport Beach. I think if it's even open anymore, I don't even know if it's open anymore. I better shut up. I haven't been up to Newport in an awful long time. But check it out. Get that plow style. 20-pound anchor is all you need, John. All you need. If you're dragging anchor, let out some more rope. You want your chain to lay flat on the bottom. So whenever you're fishing, and, and most of the places Kristen and John are fishing at are like uh, 45 to 65 feet of water all along the front side of Catalina by the jet ski dock and all the other bitching places where you catch those yellowtail and those bluefin and all the other cool stuff you guys catch. So what I would suggest is you're going to let you never, ever count your chain when you're dropping your anchor. The chain does not count in how much line should I let out. Forget about the chain. You're dropping in 65 feet of water. I'm going to let out 100 feet of rope. Anchor line for those of you that are experts. Oh, there's no rope on a boat. Oh, there's no rope on a boat. Left side's port. This guy doesn't even know what he's talking about. I know exactly what I'm talking about, but I'm talking to everybody. I'm not talking to you, you booger eater. Oh, I only call the left side the port. Well, shut up. Most of your friends don't have a clue what you're talking about. Why would you only talk to one person? I talk to everybody. Yeah, there's rope on a boat because we went to the store and we bought rope and we put it on our boat and we hooked it to our anchor. Now you can call it anchor line if you want. I'm going to call it rope because that's what people understand. But there you go, John. I hope that answered your question. And, and I hope we took care of all the booger eating crybabies. Hello, Captain Dave. Brian from Corona. Longtime subscriber, and I know your go-to is live bait, but wanted to know if you have a favorite artificial bait for halibut. All right. I personally have not a clue. You know, we used to catch a few halibut on the scampi. <laughs> John Rose says, hey, everybody, he has an aluminum anchor for sale now. <laughs> Gang, look at the bow of your boat. If you have an aluminum anchor, you obviously don't want to hold your anchor wherever you go. Aluminum's full of air. It's how it's made. Go grab your aluminum anchor and go, whoa. You know how big of an aluminum anchor you have to have to make it a 20-pound aluminum anchor? It's got to be pretty damn big. All right? You'll go, oh, my God, look at this 20-pound anchor. It's tiny. When you get that Danforth, that, that plow, when you, I'm not Danforth. That's the aluminum. You get that Delta, that little plow, it's going to be small. It's going to be heavy. Yeah, you're going to be stoked. Back, what were we? Oh, yeah, artificial lures for halibut. When... I was young. We used to fish with scampies all the time when scampies first came out. I am so old that when I first started fishing, they didn't even have plastic lures. They had red feathers, green feathers, blue and white feathers, red and white feathers. And then I remember the very first plastic lure that came out, rubber lure, whatever you want to call it, it was called a, a hoochie toad. 
They had the hoochie toad and they had the salty dog. Now the hoochie toad's tail swim and the salty dog was just a rock hard piece of rubber or plastic. I don't even know what the composite, but it was rock hard. It didn't move at all, but man, the fish ate it. And then I remember in the mid seventies when they came out with the, uh, probably 77, 78, they came out with the scampi. Holy moly, we would catch everything on those. And I used to be deadly on the halibut, on the scampi, all over the place. But I haven't used that in a long time. And I know there's so much better stuff out there to fish than, uh, there's so much better stuff out there to fish with. I think they're, I don't even know what the name of that lure that they're fishing with now. Somebody help me out. It's that, it's like that glide thing. What do they call that? I, and loss of words. And I know that's hard to believe that I, oh, so Greg Minis is still open. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Minis is still open. That's where I would go. John Rowe. Gang, I'm just trying to help you out. I have zero affiliation with Minis and I have zero affiliation with West Marine because they didn't think I, I was a good, uh, good person to have as a spokesperson. So gang, if you're going to buy any type of stuff for your boat, go to Minis. It's all secondhand, but my gosh, it's an anchor. You can get your your anchor line. You can get your dock lines. You can get your anchor. You can get everything you need for your boat at Minis for pennies on the dollar compared to going to, a, oh, the old scrounger was an awesome, awesome lure. Oh, fluke. That's, thank you. The fluke is unbelievable. I see so many people posting pictures of the white fluke just wailing on the big halibut so i think they do are they no what they do john is you take your anchor there and you give it to them and then it's on consignment and then if they sell it they'll give you let's say they sold it for 20 bucks they'll give you five they keep 15 something like that so it's like it's a place to go put your stuff so you don't have to store it at your house and then if it sells you'll get a little bit of money for it but you can get your, all your line, all your rope, all your dock lines, anything, your fender. Oh, my gosh. You'd be blown away when you go there. Fenders by the hundreds. All you got to do is take them home and wipe them down with a little acetone and get all the gook off of them. And then you got nice, clean, brand new fenders. Minis is the place to go in Newport Beach, California, gang. If you haven't been there yet and you have a boat, you're cheating on yourself. West Marine will sell you a... Uh, Fender for like $85. You can go to Minis and get it for like $5. It's the same Fender, but it's not brand new in the package, but it's still doing the same thing. I'm just trying to help you out. And then, uh, yeah, the scroungers, Dave, you remember the silver scrounger that was, if someone came up and started making scroungers again, you could be a zillionaire. I would sell them all day, every day on my website. They catch everything. They work phenomenal. The scrounger that had the little oscillating head and the straight tail and they were deadly. And the gray one was the one. It looked just like a fish. And you know what? It worked deadly. All right. Nose hook or butt hook the grunion. By the way, my son is blown away that you're answering my questions live on YouTube. Thank you. Hey, okay. When you're using the grunion, if you look at the grunion, Right behind their eyes, there's a really, really hard spot, like your cheekbones. Right behind their eyes, it's like rock hard. So what you're going to do is you're going to take your four-aught thin wire hook, and you're going to run it through there side to side. Now, the hook's also going to like 
lay flat against the side of his face. The barb's going to be sticking out on this side, right up front of his nose, almost right to his nose. And then the other side with, that you have your line tied is going to be hanging off the other side of his face. And then your little sliding sinkers right up to his nose. You cast it in there, let it sink down in that, in that, that uh, whitewash. Pretty incredible. It works flawless. And something that your son needs to understand. Thank you, Jason. But this is all I've ever done my whole life is fish. I ran the big sport boats for a very long time. A lot of people knew me from those days. Started out doing that back in the 70s. Then I went on to start your saltwater guide and go with you on your boat and teach you how to fish on your boat. Then I started running yachts. And I got to go on some pretty spectacular trips around all over the place. And then uh, ended up down here in Cabo. But all I want to do is help you to catch more fish. So hopefully, Jason, your son understands how cool it is to have, I guess he does, because he just said that, how cool it is to have someone answer your questions that all they've ever done their whole life is teach people how to fish. Not that I'm the greatest fisherman in the world, because I'll never admit that, but I've had the opportunity to fish for a living since 1974. So I kind of learned a tiny bit of stuff over my little career. And then I stole a lot of stuff from some really good fishermen like Dave Burroughs, Bradley Phillips, my dad, Doug Harmon. I the laundry list of captains I've stole stuff from is mind boggling. But I took all their stuff and I and I applied it on my day, day in and day out fishing and I'm set here on Wednesdays and I answer your questions to the best of my ability and I try to make sure that you're a better fisherman. But if you really, really, really want to step your game up, gang, join my website. I don't understand why I have to come on here and beg you guys to get on there. It's the most craziest thing I've ever seen. Anybody that goes on the website and actually watches the videos, I mean, I know there's people that, and I see them, that go on membership for a year, two years, and they never watch a video and then they cancel. That's crazy. That is Gang, if you're going to go on there and Dave's giving you a free look, go look at the videos, gang. Don't be afraid for God's sakes. Don't you want to not suck? How cool would it be to not suck at fishing anymore? I mean, that's my, that's my logo. Are you tired of sucking? <laughs> you don't have to suck anymore unless you're into it. And there are a lot of people that are into sucking. But God, you don't have to. You don't have to suck anymore. Brian, Captain Dave, you talk about the reel. Unless I missed it, If it hasn't talked about the rods. Talk about them. Thanks. I talk about rods all the time. I talk about rods all the time. I have... A bunch of rods. I got Dave Burris built me rods. I have a bunch of Akuma rods. I have beautiful 196.7 that I like to fly line anchovies with. All of my rods that I fish with, and I don't care if I'm fishing uh, peacock bass in Florida, if I'm fishing the mangroves up in uh, Lopez Mateo, or if I'm fishing on the beach down here, or I'm Dorado fishing or yellowtail fishing or whatever I'm fishing. I always use a super long rod. All my reels, like I showed you, are filled with braided line. Therefore, you got to have that long rod. It has to be long. All my rods are anywhere from eight and a half to nine and a half feet long. I got a couple of 10 foot long rods. 
And the reason being is I like to have a lot of backbone in the rod when I set the hook and I grind the fish out of the kelp or out of the rocks or wherever I'm fishing, out of the mangroves. I need that backbone, but also I need that soft tip. The first two or three guides, that tip needs to be soft because I'm using straight braided line. Normally not much. I got to back off the drag here on this reel because this is my man mangrove reel. But I usually have the drag as tight as I can possibly have it because I don't want the fish pulling any line off. So I need that softer tip so that the tip can, can kind of absorb. When I set the hook, there is no give. It's fluorocarbon braid hook. Or excuse me, braid fluorocarbon hook. Zero drag, set the hook. There better be a little bit of flex in the tip just to, like a shock absorber so that I don't snap the line and I don't rip the fish's face off when I set the hook. But all my rods are piece are uh, Akuma because Akuma is the company that decided to help me back in the day when I was doing the guide service. The guys at Akuma came to me and said, hey, Captain Dave, can you, uh, would you be interested in using our products? And I was like, well, let me see. Because at the time, being from where I came from, you know, and this was a long time ago, I didn't really know the name Akuma. Then I started to touch their products, started to feel their products. And I'll tell you what, they stand up to anything. On that wild and sack, that 65 hat that I used to run, we do about 200 trips a year, charters and, uh, the owners, if we weren't chartered, we were out with the owners. And I tell you what, all the rods and reels on the boat were all Akuma and they work flawless. And we've caught oh, hundreds of thousands of fish on them and they stood up just fine. I have no problem with the product. It works flawless. I'm like a great field, field researcher because I fish all the time. And the spinning rods and reels that they make work flawless for the beginners and I used to always take the ABF series with me whenever I was guiding to make sure that my clients were able to cast and catch fish. And then the PCH rods, they work phenomenal. They, I've, they've never let me down. They work great. I've never had a problem. The only time they break is when someone does something stupid, like grab the rod in the middle when they left to fish on the boat or slam the rods in their car. Kelly's got a 196.7 custom built nine foot graphite rod from Dave Burris. It's a beautiful rod. I have a couple of 196.7, the old Sabres. I love them, but I only fish Akuma products now. That's it. And I love the PCH series rods and they make them little short ones if you guys can't handle the long rod. But I'm telling you, once you start fishing with that long rod, you're not going to go back because, man, it makes it easier to cast. It makes it easier to set the hook. It just makes it all around easier. You'll learn how to get around I don't like the long rod because it's hard on the boat. No, it isn't. Not if you know. I fish on a lot of 20-foot skiffs and a lot of 20-foot center consoles and a lot of uh, pongas. And those nine-foot rods work just fine for me all day, every day. Once you learn how to use them, you'll stay with them forever. Here's Matt. Hey, Captain Dave, of all the private boats you have run, what's the best placement of the transducer through hole or transom mount? Never, ever, ever transom mount. Ever. My 21-foot Wellcraft through the hull. The reason why they don't work good on a transom mount, and I know the guy that's selling them, he's, got, he's selling the transom mount, he's going to tell you they work flawless. 
That's because he sells them. <clears throat> the problem with any fish finder, the one on the Royal Polaris, the one on my 21-foot Wellcraft, they don't work when there's air between them and the water. The little bubbles, that's air. You're running around on your center console. You're running around with a transom mount. I don't care how good you are. You're already creating air. If you think about it, you drag that thing through the water on your transom. Look at it. It's got air bubbles coming up all over the place. It's causing air. you got to put that thing in your hull where it can be mounted so that it's flush. It's not at an angle. It's going to be flush. You're going to put a flare, flaring block on it to make it flat so it's not curved with the hull, that it sets flat. That fairing block is crucial, super important. Another thing I want you to understand, gang, if you're going to put a through hole or you're going to cut a hole in your hull and put that, tr that uh, transducer in there, my biggest suggestion is to do it at a shipyard. I know your boat's only 21 feet long or your boat's 30 feet long or whatever and your sister's brother's aunt's cousin who once cut a hole in a piece of wood says he can mount it for you. Here's where it gets really sad. You get that, you go out there and it leaks or it's not flush mounted. It's tilted a little bit. And you're not getting a good reading. If the shipyard did it, they stand behind every hole they cut in the bottom of your boat. They stand behind it. They're going to make sure. That's what they do for a living. They're going to make sure that it's flush mounted. They're going to make sure it doesn't leak. And they're going to make stand behind any problems. If your sister's brother's aunt's cousin's boyfriend's uncle's friend that cut a hole in a piece of wood once does it, he's not going to stand behind it when your boat sinks. He's not going to help you. So. Be careful who you let cut a hole in your boat. But yes, always cut a hole in your boat for that through hole for the uh, transducer. It's super duper important. Hold on one second. So back to what we were talking about. Somebody wanted to send me some money. Okay. No, 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 no. We're not trying to make your life miserable. That's not my plan. I just don't want you to have to pull the anchor 50 times. I want you to throw it over once and it sticks and you catch a million fish and you go home. That's all. That's it. That's all I want you to do. Okay. Yeah, Dave Lee, I'm going to give you a free look at the website. No problem. When we get done here, I will set you up. I'll send you an email. Then I'll give you a call. All right. Cool. People are finally taking me up on this. All right, Carl Marino. I was deep water rock fishing on a sport boat yesterday. And when I set my rod on the rail with the round grips on the rod on the rail would roll and twist all over. Is there a way to flatten the grip? Maybe a hot knife or maybe a aftermarket thing. Yeah, they make a little rail plate, Carl. It's very small. Most tackle stores will make it. It's probably about the size of this napkin. It's got a little bend on the front of it, so it, or excuse me, on the back of it, so you can lean your rod up against the rail. It's a rail plate. It hooks right to your rod. It hooks on your grip. It's called a rail plate. 
We used to use them all day. We had big ones. We had big ones when we were rock cotton back in the olden days when we, get, we used to get to fish with 20, 30, 40, 50 hooks. We had a big plate. Well, they make a very small plate. Some of the better tackle stores have them. I'm not sure where you're at, but if you were to check out some of the high-end tackle stores, some of the good tackle stores, some of the tackle stores that promote Captain Dave, we'll do our very best to get you set up, Carl. And uh, if you're not a member of the website, Carl, send me your email address. We'll get you a free... Oh, you are a member. Sorry. But I'll try to figure out who's got those rail plates and we'll get you, get you set up. Hold on one second. Hold on. Okay. All right. So we got any more questions? We got a few more minutes, gang. We got a few more minutes, and then we're going to shut this thing down. We, I can't even believe we've already been going for 55 minutes. And uh, I want to answer any more questions. Long fin. Okay. Carl, somebody just posted over here on Facebook. The long fin has those rod, those Rail plates is what they're called. It's a rail plate. And they, they're nice and clean and they won't mess up your rod and they're going to help you so your rod's not twisting on the rail. All right? All right, gang. So no more questions. Nobody's got a question. Anybody? Nobody? We're going to blow somebody's mind here real quick, too. Gang, ask Eric. Okay, at the long fin. All right, cool. He'll he'll be able to help you out over there at the long fin. Ask Eric. Gang, don't forget this bitchin' little Komodo reel. These Komodo reels are badass. You got to have some of these in your arsenal. These things will definitely help you to learn how to cast better. You can throw the bait or the iron way farther. They're fun for shallow water rock fishing, and they're fun for catching everything. Gang, don't forget that QR code right up there on the right-hand side of the screen. Venmo us. Your tips, if you can't figure out how to put the stars up on Facebook, over on YouTube, there's no way to give us a tip. A couple bucks, a dollar, anything helps. Trying to feed these animals, trying to uh, keep the dream alive, trying to keep the show going. We do this show live five days a week, Monday through Friday. We're constantly trying to add new stuff and do keep you guys excited and entertained. I hope I do that. I Obviously, something right because we're getting so many views all the time. Hey, Captain Dave, when setting the anchor, what's the max distance you will expect when you are not directly on the spot? That's a great question, Matt. So this is the, this is the spot. This is my boat. I got to figure out which way the current's going. So the, let's say the current's going from up here, going down across the rock this way. I'm going to anchor my boat up around this zone right here. So when I throw my line in the water... My baits are actually going back to the rock. Because if you remember, the fish, look, I know you've seen one, Matt, because you're a member of my website. There's a lot of people here that aren't members that go fishing and don't know what a fish looks like. They kind of look like a football, if you will. And so they have to be pointed into the current. So if you're going to anchor up on the spot, and if the spot ends up underneath your boat, then 
they're not going to have any opportunity to uh, bite your line. The smaller fish that are on the back part of the rock will, but the big fish are always going to be in the front part of the rock, setting in the current, waiting for the food to wash by the rock. Think about that plate. Put this in your head. The rock, big rock. Current's coming from L.A. going to San Diego. All the big fish are going to be on the rock, but they're going to be on the L.A. side of the rock because they know that the food's getting washed across it. Now, if you set your boat up right on top of the rock, by the time you throw your line in the water, it's behind the rock so that the big fish never got to see it. Now, a lot of times, that's why when you're on a sport boat or whatever, they, they uh, always say, hey, we got to reset the anchor. We kind of missed the spot. We're kind of off the spot because it matters, gang. It's not because the captain has a whole bunch of extra words and he wants to make his deckhands learn how to pull the anchor and all that. No, it's because it absolutely matters. When you throw your line in the water, the fish has to be able to see the bait. So that's why it's crucial to anchor on the spots. Now, 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 calm down. I know you don't anchor. Your sister's brother's aunt's cousin told you to drift. And that's fine if you don't want to catch anything. Go out there and drift the living shit out of it. But if you actually want to catch fish when you go fishing on spots up and down the cal, I'm not talking about bluefin fishing in 3,000 feet of water. Don't be a booger eater. Don't. Out there fishing for tuna. No. We're talking about fishing spots. That's what Matt asked the question. So just relax. Relax, guy. You don't have to make all these negative comments all the time. Gosh, what happened to the world? Why is everybody got to be, ugh, it just makes me want to vomit. All this negative all the time. Like I'll talk about the one thing is, I'm sorry, I'm going over, but I know a lot of you got to get to work. But when I talk about chrome hooks or black or bronze hooks and everyone, chrome hooks on my lure. We're not talking about lures, for God's sakes. Do you just need to talk? You just need to make some lame comment. Gang, everything I talk about is real. Everything I talk about is going to help you to catch more fish when you go fishing on your private boat. That's why we talk about it. That's why I do these shows every day. I have no problem teaching you and helping you to learn how to do all these cool things. I got no problem with it. But don't just sit there. Get on my website. Text me your email. I'll give you a free look. Why do you insist on sucking? Or if you got lucky that one time, wouldn't you like to know why? All right. Thank you, everybody. Let's see. Let's see. Who are we going to give this to? Who, who, who? Okay. Jason, this is for your son who can't believe I'm asking, answering the questions. When we're done, text me your son's size, shirt size, and your address. He's getting a free shirt because he's blown away that I answer the questions, gang. Yep, I'm that old man that's uh, viral on the social media. It gets millions of views a month. I'm that old guy. Yep, crazy. And I answer everyone's questions. Thank you all so much for another phenomenal show. I really appreciate everybody. I really appreciate all the camaraderie we get with this show. Please blow Kelly's mind and Venmo us something. Five bucks, a dollar, ten dollars, whatever you can afford. Venmo us something to help feed all these animals and buy cool stuff for the animals. Everything goes into the animal fund that you Venmo us. Thank you very much. And anybody that wants a flag, let me know. John has the flags in San Diego. Justin has the flags in uh, Long Beach, 
area and Sonny has the flags up in the up in the Channel Islands area. They'll get them to you. I'm not going to send them out. I'm not going to pay for shipping. But if you want to meet one of those three gentlemen, they will give you the flag and you can fly it on your boat and have a good time. Do I miss the Red Onion in Huntington Harbor? I don't even know if I was I there. If I was there, I'm claiming the fifth. I don't remember anything, Ross. All right, gang. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Love you. Bye. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.